0: Hello. This week was uh, the JPIT conference and there's a lot about it on Twitter and across social media. And so today in this uh, politics, uh, pod- politics in the Pulpit podcast, I, Jenny Mills, uh, a Secretary for Education and Learning in the United Reformed Church and a great supporter and encourager of all the work of JPIT, will um, be looking at the texts for uh, this week but also bringing into it some of the things that have uh, we listened to uh, and discovered and heard uh, in the conference. I would like to particularly um, use this pertinent comment from Simon Hughes about how does your faith shape your politics and the encouragement to look at connecting local communities to policy discussions. If you go onto social media, you'll see so many things from the weekend that are really inspiring. And enabling and encourage us to think and to act. Each week, I'm joined by a guest from a different place and space in the pulpit and political landscape. And today, I'm very pleased to be able to introduce Dalian Tenkate. From she is originally from South Africa and an Afrikaner. Dalian moved to the UK 22 years ago, learning English at a local village school. Dalian studied at the Luther King Center and trained at the Northern College for ordained ministry in the United Reformed Church. Darlene is based just outside Blackburn and works as a missional discipleship mentor with 34 churches across Lancashire and a green apostle across the Synod. So it was with great joy that I introduce Darlene. Hello.
1: Hello, Jenny, and thank you for the invitation. It is really a pleasure to be with you today.
0: Uh, it's a joy to have you and I'm sure we're going to have a really interesting conversation so thanks for joining us politics in the pulpit I wonder if you could just reflect for a bit what that might mean to you whether you see yourself as a pulpit politician how that ties in with your role uh, as a a missional discipleship mentor but any also any particular projects you have that you're working on and with that would uh, connect your faith and your politics
1: um, I would say, first of all, I, I didn't really know that I was, um, you know, a minister that preached politics in the pulpit. Um, but I think growing up in South Africa, one thing for sure, growing up in the apartheid regime, um, I was always aware of the unjust systems and unjust mm-hmm. stru- structures. And I was always um part of changing those. And, um, and I think, for me, it wasn't really um, something that I thought I'm doing. It was just part of my DNA. Um, Yes. And it was only when I came over to Britain that I was kind of um, seen as a very political person. And um, also, people see me as liberal, which I didn't know what to understand. You know <laughs> what it means. Um, I just thought i following in Jesus's footsteps, and and I think for me, Jesus was never the mild and weak Jesus. Um, Jesus was always the one who. Um, campaign for the marginalized and yeah. campaign for the people who haven't got a voice. And that's just what I'm trying to follow. So I, I don't know, that's just my definition, but it is probably politics.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. in the idea that it's kind of was just inherently part of who you are. And that's then, I assume, uh, with, particularly with the role you're in, but some of the things that you're doing that has led you to, to also speak out for those on the edges and those marginalised, can you share some uh, a little glimpse into into that for us?
1: Yeah, I think um, again, I always thought, you know, when people say they're very spiritual, I thought, well, I'm. I didn't see myself as spiritual because I was a bit like um, the sound of music of Maria. She just wants to escape the, you, you know, <laughs> the. Common, um, the um, chapel and go in the mountains and do stuff. Um yeah. so and it was only at Northern College that I realized my spirituality is activism. So yeah. very much faith in action. Yeah. Um, and I think the role I I think when I um kind of had the calling of God, I always thought, well, I think God make a mistake because I couldn't <laughs> see myself in just a normal um ministry role but then um with this role i i think it's um yeah it's just i i felt so called to it because because it is all these Faith in action, things that I involved in. So I enable churches, empower them, equip them, encourage them. All all these kind of things to set up dementia dementia cafes, um, refugee drop-in centres, food banks, um, eco gardens, um, and very practical ways of yeah. living out your faith. Um, so. Yeah, I think that this role just suits me. God must have known um, <laughs> you know, that I wasn't just going to be a normal minister.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think many of us would, would, would agree with you that idea of normal minister. I'm I'm not sure there is such a thing, but it's it really is important about finding your role and and, and how your gifts and skills can be used. So from your context, what do you hear as, as the key justice issues or Political issues that are around at the moment in the work in the area where you live?
1: So, um, I'm definitely very involved with refugee work. I've always been, I think I've been involved 10 years now. um, And where we live in the Northwest, um, we always, uh, because, uh, you know, property is cheaper and we were always involved in refugees because we, we received a lot of refugees in our area, um, okay. especially in Blackburn, but the whole of Northwest really. Um, so, uh, we, I'm also the co-founder of Kairos um, Housing that we, as an ecumenical group of uh, churches, uh, set up for destitute refugees during covid um, just wow. identified the need uh, that there was no place to signpost any refugees um, that were homeless. Um, the challenges I would say at this stage for me, spe- specifically with refugee work, is probably the free free tier system um, right. of refugees. I mean, it's yeah. very difficult to navigate because um, it almost created another racism system because how different refugees are treated differently. Okay. Um, You know, from the Syrian refugees, Afghanistan refugees, now the Ukrainian refugees, um, where some refugees are allowed to work, some can... Um work straight away, okay. um, others can't other, others been here for many, many years, still haven't got their refugee status, and some other refugees can just walk in and get refugee status. so it's very, very difficult to navigate these
0: yeah different tiers um, and so so something in that about about the inequality of the systems and 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 something about the processes that just that there doesn't, you know, it's, it's a maze to be able to even navigate some of those things.
1: Yeah, it's definitely unjust and not there's no equality in the system now. I think it was almost easier about five years ago when everyone was treated the same. Okay. Um, but now it's very, very difficult.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, um, thank you for that and thank you for giving us a glimpse in, into what you do. Um, Each week, uh, my JPIC colleagues give a little roundup of their expertise, um, and a few things that are going on in the world at the moment, Uh, quite pertinently, the 20th to the 26th of June is Refugee Week, and I think it's important we all look out for information on this and on ways to support those uh, those who are seeking um, asylum in our country. Um, We have going on currently the situation with the deportation or potential deportation of asylum seekers to Rwanda. Um, And we think not only of the uh, the process itself and the cost and, and so many other unjust, it appears, things going on. We think of those supporting the men who are under threat of deportation and the mental health of these men as many of them are being taken away from families and and friends and relatives. We also continue to think about the cost of living crisis and the increasing concerns around fuel prices, food costs, wages, childcare costs, and bills, which is adding to the anxiety of more and more people. And um, particularly in the last couple of weeks, the government actions that appear to not be promoting the agreed climate care, Uh, changes. Um, So um, we hear of the promotion of fossil fuels in a way that we were hoping there would have been a pullback, the lack of investment in green energy and uh, more recently the the move away from the focus of rewilding our countryside. Um, And in the church life we're in Pentecost uh, and uh, we celebrated Trinity Sunday um, but this time, now we're back in the uh, back in the second uh, second Sunday after Pentecost, and um, for many that would be called ordinary time. But I'm not sure there's anything ordinary about the time we're living at the moment. Um, so, with our newspapers and and the political landscape in in our hands and in our hearts, and then with the Bible in our other hand, let us jump into the texts. So. Over to you, and I'm just wondering where you'd like to begin us on the passages this week.
1: So, yeah, I'm so excited about all the passages. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to kind of briefly start, I think, with the demon-possessed man in Luke. Okay. Um, I think it it works well for me, especially with Refugee Week starting um, on Sunday. Um and about structures we said you know about unjust structures we talked about apartheid um which i was very part of and um, mm-hmm. but also the unjust structures that we talked about now um and i think um it's important to to sometimes see some of the readings a bit like symbolical um so yeah. we all know legion was the latin term for division of the roman soldiers and um and the legion was the stern face of the conqueror. And the very famous Amphia 10th legion um, was often symb- symbolized as a big mascot. Yeah. Um, so this is really a p- political cartoon. Um, and it's interesting how, how the legion begged Jesus eagerly not to order them into an abbess. And then Jesus... Um, and Legion said, begs, uh, Jesus to send them in a band of pigs, which will also kind of symbolize the military recruits. And I think it's it's kind of sarcasm that, that what Jesus used, and he he sent them into the pigs, and then the pigs. Jesus dismissed it, and then the pigs. Um, ran into the water. And I think it symbolized something about uh, Pharaoh's army that ended up in swallowed by the waters. okay? And for me that is brings a lot of hope, um, a lot of hope thinking that you know structures like even apartheid was swallowed up. I'm not saying racism is gone, no. but there is that hope, that possibility that some of the structures, can be swallowed up and can be um yeah can be destroyed um if we think about the berlin wall wall, that was destroyed i mean huge things that happened in our my generation that i was part of that we thought would never ever happen um so for for me it gives a lot of hope
0: and that when um when i was in um in palestine in in 2019 when i went on uh, we were in um bethlehem and jerusalem one of the hopes of some of the palestinians we met was that there had been the change in the situation in South Africa, that there had been the change in the situation in Ireland, and that gave the Palestinian Christians a hope, and I hadn't connected it to that text, this text. So that is a, yeah, I love that connection, swallowing it up and, and, and something better better coming out. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Um. I I would recommend for people who want to learn a bit more about this um to read the new book of reverend dr graham adams um it's coming out in august and it's uh, called Ho- holy anarchy um and i'm looking forward to read the whole book i just had a little chapter um, <laughs> a preview and um and in chapter three he writes a whole um chapter about structures of dominion and the untamed God.
0: Mm. And we
1: say about, um, my name is Legion, and then he unpacked it a bit. And he said, the central focus of Christian faith is the defroning of power structures, which impede the flourishing and life in all its abundance. Not just formal structures like political and economic, economic systems, but patterns of social relationship, habits, and norms, and not only structures which which seem to be external to us, but structures within us, ideologies, mindsets, and values. Wow. I think, you know, he he really unpacks it, and I would really recommend people to read it. He based it um, on the work of Chet Myers, um, Binding the Strong Man, which I would also recommend. (laughs) But um, Yeah, just a few things that maybe will help you with this this theme
0: thank you so much thank you and uh and um we see in this text the 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 kind of the power of jesus we've had the calming of the storm haven't we we've had and now and then we go on to this this freeing the the occupying um uh, freeing the the man of the occupying powers and the whole structures and do you have anything else you want to to offer us from this text or do you want to
1: yeah i i Also with another lens, um, I think it's important to maybe see, to stand still with legion. Um, And I built on on this with um, James Allison was a Catholic priest and he came up with this uh, for the first time. And I think it's very important specifically looking at Refugee Week um, coming up. Yeah. Um, and he, he say it's not that important about the illness of the man or whatever we call it, but uh, the role he plays in the community. And the role Legion actually plays in the community, he becomes the scapegoat. And as we know in, in ancient Near East um, scriptures, the scapegoat is actually literally the goat that takes on the sin of the people and then the goat is sent into the desert and then um that is the atonement of the people and i think we have to ask ourselves who are the scapegoats in our communities yeah and i think refugees through the media because they labeled as um illegal immigrants is often the scapegoats and they the people who we you know a lot of people say oh they just come and take our work they illegal they they almost treated as the others yes so we we can't cope with our um things in our life so we will just scapegoat them because they are the problem um mm-hmm. and i think in this this um reading legion is the scapegoat but then legion was asked to live with the community and I think now with the Ukrainian uh, situation and all that, we can learn from, from that scapegoat. Um, and I think we, ha- we have to ask ourselves, who are the scapegoats in our community? Who are the marginalized people that we blame? And it's not just refugees, it's people with mental health, people, uh, LGBTQ people. Often these people become the scapegoats yeah. of our community yes and I think it's important that we we live with those people and learn from them um so because I think truly working with these people, I truly think they change us. we yes. can learn so much from them and and this um the theme for refugee week is healing and I think when we become really welcoming churches and welcoming communities and, not just welcoming, but show hospitality and meet them where they are. Yes, they are going to change us, and yes. we will f- we we might heal them, but yes. we will receive the healing.
0: Do you know that's i i I mean, I love that because I think often um churches historically have seen themselves as those going out to help those poor people out there. and I think now, uh, more and more it's about that mutuality we are we are changed by our encounters with others, so we we might initially set out to to help them, but ultimately mm-hmm. they help change challenge us in ways that we could never have imagined and the power balance is much more about coming alongside each other and and working together isn't it rather than this uh, giving out and, and being these great providers. Um, I think it's interesting when you talk about the kind of blaming the other. We see so much of that in the political discourse, don't we? If if um, a political party will blame the other or blame the lawyers at the moment, I mean, there's a really big thing about blaming lawyers who are doing their jobs, isn't there? Or we blame teachers, or we blame nurses, and that whole sense of blaming the other rather than embracing the other yeah. is something that that is that is constantly bombarding us really through the media isn't it
1: yeah and it's just so that we don't have to take responsibility yeah. we don't take ownership because if you blame it's just so much easier
0: so true so true and and yet at the end the man the man as you say lives with them and, and is and is that um is, is that new new disciple uh, you know, none of the others kind of want to listen to they. He goes to a gentile country, and and yet none of them want to listen. But this man listens, and and for me, there's something here about you know, it's not always about numbers.
1: Yeah, yeah, one at a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, where would you like us to go? Um, I, I think I would like to go to Elijah while we on the topic of um. You know, speaking out and uh, justice and uh, kind of activists yeah. and faith in action. Um, I have to say, i I think often w- we think to be an activist or to campaign or um, you know speak out. Yeah, um, we have to be like maybe prophets, be very bold and. Um, you know, I think often people think activists are the people who stay with their placards and throw themselves okay. in, yeah. in the road and, you know, cause destruction and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm really here reflecting on, on the bit that, say, and Elijah thought... Uh, god was in the wind the powerful wind and then he thought god was in the earthquake and then he thought god was in the fire at yeah. the end, god was just in a whisper or a gentle whisper and i have to say a few 20 years ago i would probably say say that i was that kind of activist that would jump on my um you know soapbox and be loud and speak out and all that, and I, I still have that in me. But walking a lo- alongside other activists um really changed my view about it because I okay. think often people think, well, I'm not an activist, so I can't I can't make a difference. Um, and for me, it started really with the Quakers, um, and I did alongside them. I did no faith in fracking when fracking was still a big thing in especially yeah. in the Northwest. Yes. And just sitting with them silently in a vigil or just walking around the the place where the, flack, the fracking took place was yeah. just a different way of campaigning, doing it prayerfully, doing do it silently, but it it just changed my whole view about mm. activism. And then I also thought about Banksy, you know, where, where I mean, he, he speaks out so much with just one yes. picture. And yes. I, I think about that where they say a picture can say a thousand words. Um, and I've, I've, uh, I work alongside um, uh, Reverend Jeffrey Hayes. He's a Methodist minister and he's an artist and he does loads of co- cartoons that again it just changed my whole view about you know what does it mean to be a prophet or what does it mean to be an activist yeah in this day and age and and then also the the crafting on uh where people um that is just artistic how they campaign with crafting on you know with um maybe Spray flags and things like that so so really what i want to say is the holy spirit work in different ways so we don't all have to be bold and you know kind of martyrs to 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 become prophets uh we can be whatever god gave you is enough it Do is you know that's really helpful because i sometimes think um i was just looking this
0: weekend about some of the um some of the action that was being planned in relation to the deportation of, of refugees. And, uh, and I was thinking, oh, you know, I, I can't go there and I can't do that. And I often think I should be doing stuff and I should be active. Uh, and then I carry a guilt, which I see is completely destructive and it doesn't help anybody. And then you go, you know, well, what can I do? And I think that's really helpful, this sense that there's this spectrum of activism. Um, that it isn't just about being that that loud voice or the placard or the physical presence in the space that's shouting out, but giving giving so many um, kind of hearing the different ways in which God calls us to to, to speak out or to be to be that difference.
1: That's yeah. really helpful. Think, yeah, and I think it's very authentic. You know, yeah. just to be the your authentic self that yeah. God made you and God gave you those gifts. Um and um just talking about activism uh where did i i've lost my (laughs) thoughts now um thinking on to so many things um anyway i will get back to it but i just thought it's important to say that and and these days um christian aid and jpit and um you know groups like that makes it so easy to campaign they basically write the letter for you you just have to kind of sign your name so they do all the hard work for you because (laughs) I I always feel like I can't express myself well in writing or informal writing, but they basically write the letter for you. So you just need to engage and send it to your MP. And, and that is, that is all we need. Every Mm. letter, you know, we talked about, it's not about numbers, every single one, if you just do one act, it, it does make a difference.
0: Can we just kind of lead kind of a, a, a back to that a bit with Elijah? Um, you know, if you always are that uh, verbal active activist, at some point you're going to get to a point where you have nothing left. I mean, you've got the whole Elijah. You know, I'm kind of done here. Yeah. You know, these big shows of something and and you know demonstrations of God's power and 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 then he's just like and suddenly it seems like he almost he's almost disconnected from god but he is just he's done isn't he and i wonder how you view that with all that's gone on in the world in the last couple of years and all that's going on at the moment and the, the kind of the sadness many of us carry with us about the state of the world
1: yeah it's it's definitely true um especially in the work with refugees um you definitely get um vicarious trauma secondary trauma yeah. um so you You have to be brave enough to say, you know, I have to step away for a bit.
0: And
1: the way I do it is um, probably I'm lucky I can kind of just then go and work in the eco gardens with the (laughs) refugees and that restore my soul again. Um, Or I can just um, normally when when things get tough for me, I just do something practical that doesn't take a lot of brain power and um and normally it will be something in nature that is where Mm. i restore my soul but i think for every person it's different but i think it's important to know when you kind of when you have compassion fatigue um and where you just need to step away and not feeling that um you can't do that because you know jesus went on on the sea with a boat when he had enough or he would just go up and pray um for yeah. every person it's different. But I, I go for walks in nature, um, I work in the eco-gardens, and I just go to bare basics. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and it's something about, uh, sometimes we have this very, uh, we almost have like a, we talk about a Protestant work ethic, don't we? We kind of yeah. sometimes think it, we shouldn't give ourselves space and we shouldn't uh, allow ourselves rest. Uh, but, but our faith is about... Um, is about abundant living for all, isn't it? I mean, if we if we uh, went on to the Galatians reading, the idea of you know it's it, it's about abundant life for all, um, yeah. is what is what God wills for the whole of humanity, isn't it? Do we want to have a, just a couple
1: of minutes looking at uh, at Galatians? Yeah, with Galatians, I I think it's just that whole thing about um, you know, nobody is now outside the structures of god um, you know that you're not female or male or s- slave or you are just a child of god um, you are included in god's family and i think that whole thing about belonging and equality and flourishing of life and um, all that is just another sign of hope and another sign of abundance um, the abundance that Jesus meant us to have in life.
0: Mm. life. It feels like um, when Paul was writing to the Galatians, they kind of got fixated on a on one way of one way of being um, of being of being church and um, being the community of you know the, the community of followers of the way, and uh, and it was about. Um, Just following the law and 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 then everything will come rather than living living a life that flourishes and adhering to the law but actually using that to benefit others and and work alongside each other and I think one of the things in the conference was about you know not always seeing um everybody as a as a as a potential person to come to church and that 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 loving everybody um and it, it feels to me like that this ties in so much with your with your work that you do
1: yeah definitely i I can't um you know I never see things like secular and sacred for me there's God is omnipresent um you know and if we say God is omnipresent, God is in the community and it's just about you know miss your um see where God is already at work and join in. Um, yeah. So for me, there's no sacred, secular. It's just God is there. Yeah, and th-
0: and then and then it goes back to and then when you when you do those sort of things, then then there you see there you see God, there you see the face of Christ in the other, but equally you flourish too because of those relationships which which build up and benefit
1: you. Oh, definitely. I I always think about Hebrew thirteen verses two where. Where I know it's not the reading, but um, you know I'm using it quite a lot in Refugee Week, where, where it says, um, "When I welcome the strangest, I host angels," and I can honestly say I've hosted so many angels in my life, and it it just enriched my life so much.
0: Oh wow! Thank you so much. What an absolutely perfect way to end. And I would imagine to some of the people that you encounter, they would say that in you they have they have encountered an angel. Because that sense of somebody loving you and caring for you when you feel when you feel lost and destitute must be must be incredibly powerful. so Darlene, thank you ever so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed this this journey through the text today thank um, you. it's uh, it's an interesting uh Simon Woodman at the conference um, at the weekend talked about the church as an outpost on earth called to make a difference, and I think you've just really summed that up in the conversations we've had today. So I'd like to thank you for coming and I'd like to thank everybody else for joining us um, to ask whether or how and how we do uh, preach politics in the pulpit this week and if you have enjoyed this episode of politics in the pulpit please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share this episode with your friends. We know that our listeners are a passionate and knowledgeable crowd and we'd love to build a community of mutual learning and encouragement around the podcast. So what we'd really appreciate is for you to go to um, social media and uh, join in the conversation. The best place is on Twitter at pulpit underscore politics or using the hashtag politics in the pulpit or on the Facebook community uh, through the Joint Public Issues Team Facebook page. Each week we ask a question um, emanating from, um, from this week. Um, I'm going to use the question uh, and the sub-question that came up at the conference. Uh, and We'd really love to know your comments on Twitter or on Facebook. So what does it mean to build change from the ground up? We've definitely heard of some of those examples today, but the focus of the conference was that. And then where's the hope in our neighbourhoods? It will be really good to hear, as we have today, some of the um, experiences of where we have seen hope in our neighborhoods and, and who is part of the um part of that uh that bringing of hope so let us go into both our politics and our pulpits with a blessing may we be anointed with god's spirit as we bring good news to the poor as we proclaim release to the captives and as we help people and ourselves to see the world truthfully and as we let the oppressed go free In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Take care and lovely to see you. Bye.